0: Hi, everybody. Joel Junker here with another episode of the Karen Brooks Podcast, Above and Beyond. In this episode, I interview Karen Brooks alumnus Jason Papali, who is a former Navy nuclear submarine officer that transitioned at our January 2018 career conference into a role with USAA in the data analytics area. He's a senior operations business analyst. And what's really interesting about this uh, podcast is that we're talking about a part of business that is just growing significantly, and that's big data, data analytics. We even address a little bit of artificial intelligence, and we're seeing a lot of companies like USAA that are figuring out ways to use data to better target, segment customers, deliver more value to customers. and. As most of you uh, listening to this podcast are probably USA members, our uh, recipients are benefit uh, from the uh, experience of calling a call center, the efficiency of it, being able to offer products specifically targeted to your your needs or when you log into your app or the web. That's all powered by data analytics and uh, work that Jason does. So we get into things like the transition uh, but also why he chose to get into data analytics, uh, how he's increased his knowledge of the area pursuing a master's degree, uh, also how a junior military officer fits with the data analytics area because so many people think that it's just sitting at a computer nugging out data, code, and and spreadsheets and analysis, but there's so much more around insight and in making proposals and recommendations and the opportunity to move up in a company like USAA with a foundation in the data analytics area. So I hope you really enjoyed this podcast. I did. I learned a lot. It was fun to talk to him. I'm hoping to have him back on in another year or two to talk more about some of the bigger and more complex projects that he's worked on at USAA. Enjoy. Jason, uh, welcome to the Cameron Brooks Podcast. Thank you for being on here. Um, appreciate you taking the time, I, you know, you're only an hour and 10 minutes away, actually door to door from where you are in San Antonio It's only an hour away. We probably could have done this in person. <laughs> right. right. Well, Jason, start off in the beginning. Just tell us, a, tell the audience a little bit about your military background.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I was a submarine officer, I uh, commissioned in 2010. Uh, you know, went through the the nuclear training pipeline, uh, and then reported to USS Columbia, uh, early 2012 in Pearl Harbor, fast attack uh, submarine. Did a pretty nominal three year tour there, and then um, did a three year instructor tour just right across the street, uh, the Naval Submarine Training Center Pacific as a tactics instructor. Um, uh, so that that had me at about eight years in, and then I did uh, the 2000, the January 2018 career conference with Cameron Brooks. Um, ended up taking a job as a business operation analyst uh, here at USAA, uh, which is, yes, yeah, so I've been here for just under two years now, I guess, at this point.
0: And color in a little bit more, Jason, your academic background, probably not the traditional academic background oh. you have for a nuclear-trained submarine officer.
1: Sure, definitely not. So, yeah, I mean,
0: I was the psychology major, um, so kind of the underdog
1: there in terms of the, uh, you know, just getting into the nuclear training pipeline and then getting through it. Um so yeah, I mean that that was kind of um, you know, my my degree and then I and then I uh, you know, once I kind of realized that I wanted to transition out into the business world while I was on shore duty, I uh completed an MBA in project management. And I finished that up um a few months before I transitioned out. And then I'm actually currently enrolled in another program, a master's in data science, information and data science, um so um hopefully will will kind of give me the skill set uh you know the, the technical skills a bit more to to suit
0: the job I'm currently in so
1: yeah who are you doing I'm your masters
0: of... of data science through uh UC Berkeley okay wow yeah, great now do you have to go there very often or is this all uh, uh, distance learning
1: yes yeah, it's, it's uh mostly distance learning there is like a 3 to 5 day i think immersion where you go there and it's um you know a series of conferences and um I think employer site interviews as, or um visits as well um so but but it's mostly it's mostly all online they do a pretty good job though i think of of making it feel um you know have an in-person feel to it you know you know this you know, is i'll have been my second online masters and um you know the first one was good and everything but it was you know you know it was kind of like okay you know you've got the the videos to watch and then they, you know you have to make required posts and, and then take the tests and whatnot um which i you know i i had no problem with that format but this format's a little bit different in that you know we have um weekly classes and you have to you know it's kind of like a, a skype um video chat you know where you're all logged in you'll know, see each other and um you know have breakout sessions it's a bit more collaborative and it, and it actually has more of an in-person feel than some of the other in-person classes i've been in so um it's a, it's a pretty well done program and it's uh, pretty multidisciplinary. it's, it's um, got a kind of a smattering of topics in the data science field so i think it's, um, this is my second semester um in
0: you balancing I think there's a lot of times there's questions with people that um, getting a master's while working in corporate America and they think that you know I'm not going to be able to have time to do that because I think sometimes they want you know they think back to their military time how busy they are that it's, it's almost impossible to carve out time to get a master's while working and so sometimes people will will um decide to go to a full-time master's degree instead. Can you talk to a little bit about balancing the requirements of working full-time at USAA and working on your master's in data analytics?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, you know, it's 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 challenging. I would say, I mean, especially this master's is a bit more it's definitely more technically involved it's a bit more of a time commitment the materials a bit more difficult um and at the same time the job's a bit more um involved i mean not that my job wasn't involved as a tactics instructor but i mean as a sh- you know um duty jo job it's a you know there's a bit more flexibility um in general there so so yeah it's definitely challenging um but i think some of the things that that have helped me here is is you know usa is also pretty flexible so in, in instances where i do need a little bit of extra time, or in some cases, I'm, you know, working with people across you know, the other side of the world, you know, I'm able to kind of, um, you, know, you know, meet those commitments while, while um, you know due to the flexibility of, of um, you know, USA here. So that's helpful. Um, and then I think just, you know, it's, it's it's just a lot of time on the weekend, too. I mean, it's, it's um, I think, an effort thing more than anything, I and mean, it's a time management thing, sure, but it's, it's, you know, if you put the effort in, I think you can, you can knock out probably most master degrees um, on the weekend if if you so choose, or just carve out time every afternoon, or a little bit of both. So um, time management, I think, is the big you know the big th- uh, big thing, and just putting the effort in, and then and then having
0: the flexibility with your
1: employer is also very
0: helpful. Um, yeah. I did a um, one-year graduate certificate in organizational leadership and coaching at Northwestern it's embedded inside of their masters of learning and organizational change. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And and so it's about, I did about a third of the full masters, but I just took the classes that were focused on how organizations learn and how to develop and coach leaders. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I got a good taste of trying to balance a master's program with working and like, like you said, my, I read, did all my readings during the week. And then I would plug into the class whenever it was during the week in the evening. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Sundays, like all the, what I do a little bit on Saturday, but Sundays were the days where I just, I did all of my, I tried, you know, probably six hours worth of work on Sundays yeah, um, just to try to get everything done. So that was everything back there. So just like you said, you got to just find where's the spot during the week that you can get it done. Yeah. And that's kind of what my plan was or how I handled it as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely it's definitely not easy there's definitely a sacrifice
1: there um and it and it, I mean I think you would be hard pressed to not take any time out of the weekend but I would also say it's very doable. Um, and you know, it's, it's, um, definitely, especially this, this one, I think in particular this masters I'm working on is a direct value add in terms of the, the, you know, my day to day job. I mean, the skills I'm learning, um, in some, in some instances, like I'm immediately able to apply them. So, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's difficult, but I think there's definitely a good ROI. Yeah. Well, so that leads us to a good question. Tell us what you do at USAA. Sure. Yeah. So I'm a business operations analyst. and, and and I would actually say it's more of a data analyst role. I mean, when I interviewed, um, there were there were kind of two positions that you could have been picked up for. One was the business operations analyst, which was what I did get picked up for. But the other was decision science analyst, which was a bit more um, technical in nature and, you know, working more with the data. The, the vision for the business operations analyst was, you know, a little bit of technical, but, but kind of working more with the uh, business partners, understanding the requirements and then kind of um, feeding that back. Uh, into the to the dis- decision science analyst um, so I, I don't know I think I think kind of over time realize that you know you, you um, there's nothing stopping me from being more technical and if I if I become more technical then I can kind of just do both jobs and uh, and then there's just more value add so I think um, in a lot of ways I, I you know actually fulfill the role more of a decision science analyst um, So, kind of what that means is you know usa you know we have a lot of data um you know and variety of different things and and mostly what i deal with is data around um you know channel data so you know when when you you can think of things like okay when, when a when a member or customer calls in right we we you know we identify that it's on the telephone we can you know determine the duration of the call what kind of things happened on the call we can look at the member that called in and get some information about that individual and you know then we can do you know a lot of analysis on on that. that that's an oversimplification really there's there's a lot of data there and that's that's kind of just one area um of it and you know they have you know um data in different parts of the, the enterprise as well you know some more specific uh, you know some data environments more specific to, to really detailed policy level information um you know other parts of the data environment are, are more specific on the financials so it's, it's a lot of data out there and um you know what i do is kind of um you know Extract that data uh, using like programming code and you know, like SQL coding primarily, and then uh, get that data, um, manipulate it, transform it, and then um, conduct analysis on it, and then and then ultimately uh, present the findings to um, business partners and executives. So you know it, it it kind of originates with an ask usually, or or a problem, or an area we want to get to get better in, and and then it kind of you know it goes from there. So I can. I can give you an example. One of the projects I'm working on right now is kind of a, what we would call kind of a hunting project, just kind of a, uh, a project that, um, you know, my, my own team's leadership kind of wanted to go after. It wasn't kind of, um, you know, brought about by an external customer. And it's, we're looking at kind of having more of an information based sales strategy. So this is kind of a, a broad, uh, a broader, um, uh, you know, objective here. Um, and, you know, so, so this entails looking at, um, you know, when we try to extend an offer to a member right so, so in a lot of instances the you know a member calls in, they already kind of know what they want but that's not always the case in some instances we maybe identify a need that they have to you know for a certain product um and and you know we we are proactively offering that um but but the idea here is you know is is that a good thing to do in all cases um you know is there are there certain situations where maybe this isn't uh you know we're, we're we're kind of wasting time doing this maybe it's not good you know maybe, maybe it annoys the member right we're not making any money off right. of it so maybe we should stop right. doing it or or at a, at a minimum just optimize the whole process so um kind of looking at from cradle to grave um looking at um you know how much time we're, we're taking on a, on a given extension kind of you know by the by the product um and then looking at and then, and then stitching you know the, the real effort has come into kind of taking some of these uh, disparate data environments that I was mentioning uh, that are kind of unconnected and kind of bringing those together in ways that that hadn't been done before um, at least to my knowledge and and then kind of piecing that together and saying okay for, for a given you know extended uh, or an extension you know this this is the actual product we, we got from that um, bringing in you know things like member satisfaction scores you know after call survey data you know looking at all of this in aggregate and, say, and then saying and then also bringing in um, you know, the cost piece, you know, doing a you know, separate analysis to see, okay, for a given referral, this is how much or extension, this is how long it's taking. Um, that was kind of a separate analysis, but then bringing that information in and then bringing financial data, you know, in and then kind of integrating all of that and then building this kind of holistic framework um, where we can, you know, kind of create visualizations such as like heat maps would be an example. And then just kind of very um, clearly and quickly be able to get to very powerful insights. You know that that help us identify um things we you know maybe should stop doing or things maybe that we, you know we can't see or are, are, are um effective and maybe we should do more of them that's you know i think it maybe helps to just give kind of an example of that yeah. and, and and even that's kind of um you know a bit a bit just hitting the the, the main points but um that, that's kind of that's an example of what i do and it, and it does vary i mean i've worked on other projects, which, you know, th- that that project that I just mentioned, is kind of my baby, and I've been, you know, working on it for months now. And, um, you know, it's, it's entailed a lot of just kind of, you know, diving into different parts of the data environment at different parts of the enterprise and kind of stitching things together and just kind of um, figuring it out in a lot of ways. Um, other things haven't been, you know, that as involved. Sometimes it is more um you know the, the scope is a bit more constrained um and it, and it really varies so it's it's analyses on a lot of different kinds of things um but what i will say is you know the the ability to have an impact at a pretty high level is is um is, is more than i thought you know when i first took this job i mean like some of the things our team has put together have made it you know to the top or pretty close to the top very quickly and um you know that that's been a kind of rewarding thing is to see that um, the degree to which some of our analyses have had an impact, um, is, 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 you know, again, I think pretty
0: rewarding. Yeah. And I think it's something what you just explained that we, I would assume that all of our listeners, um, that are checking in here are some shape or form have interacted with USAA.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: you know, I think I recently just called the call center too, because I was trying to change the insurance on my vehicles. And if I'm right, the, the, Member service representatives, the that are handling those calls, can do all everything except for like mortgage type of things, if I remember right. And so the ability to really service a customer, I think that's what you're talking about, mm-hmm. whether it be time, efficiency, so that I'm satisfied that I was fully taken care of when I get off. And I would say there have been times like, listen, I don't, I just want to j- make sure my car insurance is all set up right now. I don't want to be like <laughs> right, sold right, or right, right. you know talk about other <laughs> things right now. But here you're, you're like you're looking at a lot of data like time, how long they're on the phone yeah. um all that stuff is in you know what who who agreed to do it there's a lot of data that's coming at you that you can utilize and make decisions yeah. off of and um the financial services industry is so ripe for data analytics because there's so mm-hmm. much data that's out there, and i mean there's other every industry is using data analytics right now. I mean, you're in the master's program. So maybe that's one, th- I got a lot of questions for you in a follow-up but, This might be something that's new to people uh, is data analytics and how uh, big this is. And we are seeing increase in demand for companies like USAA and a few others that are out there looking for leaders in, in, inject into their data analytics organization. So tell us, tell the the listeners that may not be as kind of up to date of what's going on with data analytics. Why is data analytics so important right now? And why is there such a big push across really all of corporate America, not just the financial services industry?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think you kind of already already hit some of the, some of it. I mean, I think um, a big part of it is just the growing abundance of data. Um, you know, I mean, you talk about big data, I mean, it's, it's the volume and it's, and it's the velocity with which, um, it's growing. So there's just this, this, you know, abundance of data that's just getting like almost exponentially bigger as, as time goes on. And and then it's just, we've got this data. Now, what do we do with it? You know, how can we turn this data into, into, you know, um, meaningful information and insights. And so I think that's the reason for the growing demand, um, in the field of data science. And, and I think it's, it's uh going to continue to grow for the foreseeable future i think it's certainly not a, a bad field to get into um you know it, but but i think it's it's the abundance it's the velocity with which it's you know the data is growing and then it's the power too i mean it's the power to um you know pull out of that data very very meaningful insights i mean like i just described you know i mean it's um you know the ability to you know look at something holistically like that and then and then identify situations that that we you know well, maybe shouldn't you know maybe like like in your example right like if we can identify with a you know relatively um, high degree of precision situations where we shouldn't extend well this is a win-win right like we're not bothering joel because he's just wanting to you know do a servicing transaction we're not wasting money um by by having to expend additional time on the phone right so it's Right. Um, you know these, these things can be win-win. So I think from that perspective, you know, that, that's maybe one of the reasons why um, you know that's such an, an attractive field from from a business standpoint. Um, so there's I guess thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, that's good. Well, how does the artificial intelligence integrate with data analytics?
1: Yeah, so I, I wish I knew a little bit more about that, frankly, right now. Um, I'm, that's actually my my class for next semester, so I'll, I'll, <laughs> maybe we'll do a follow-up and I'll be able to tell you a bit more. Um, but, I, I mean, I, I know those things are, do happen at the enterprise. You know, I mean, um, you know, it's just a little bit upstream of where I sit currently um, in my position. So, um, you know, once, um, you know, I, I once it gets to my desk, so to speak, you know, it, all those things have already happened, you know, for the most part to to get the data where it is um you know so i i, I wish i knew more about that but i really don't i don't know a ton about it either from a technical standpoint um but also
0: you know also from from how it's used here so, okay
1: yeah, more i was just curious yeah. cuz i know it's yeah that's great I,
0: and i didn't know if you'd be able to pull it, the answer from USAA or if you've gotten into her masters yet cuz i know it's an, it's integrated and it's used but i just mm-hmm. didn't wasn't sure how and i knew assumed USAA somehow shape or form using AI with all the data to mm-hmm, assist some mm-hmm. of the stuff that's going on. Well, let's let's go to, I've been, the other big question is more back towards, all right, I think a lot of people might listen to this, this podcast and, and say, wow, he's crunching a lot of numbers. He's at the mm-hmm. computer. He is even using his leadership skills. I mean, this sounds like somebody just coming off the campus or that's just like a numbers, you know, lack of numbers nerd. You know, yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm just right. gonna say, let's just assume people are listening to this and thinking that. What's your response to? Yeah. Where's your leadership? Yeah, so I mean, I think, you know,
1: um, I mean, I mean, definitely in my current role, it is, it is, I mean, it is a more of an individual contributor role in the sense that I don't have a team of people working for me. Um, so I, I guess there's kind of a two part answer there. One is, you know, the kind of, I, but, but this is not to say I don't think I have like a sense of leadership. It's the kind of leadership, um, in, in terms of like having knowledge, right? And you have knowledge and expertise. I forget the exact name for this kind of leadership, but, but, you know, you, you kind of, um, you know, command a certain level of, of um I don't know if respect's the right word, but you know, you, you do lead through what you know and, and your competence. And um you know, I think this is true in, in, in the sense that some of the things that I've done, um, you know, when when you know, when I kind of present results um to executives and whatnot, like, um, I don't know, there 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 is kind of a sense of um I don't know, um you know, they're, they're very interested in, in what i have to say and and they're listening so i mean it's it's um you know that that's one aspect of it i think and another you know there is cross-functional leadership certainly um you know in the sense that i work with a lot of other folks across the enterprise that aren't in my team i certainly don't have direct control you know or, or authority over them um but um you know we have to we have to work we have to collaborate and work well together um so you know those cross-functional skills definitely come into play um and then, and then there are instances of kind of direct leadership. I mean, actually, right now I'm I'm kind of leading a call study in in relation to this um referral extension project that I that I just mentioned. I'm I'm I, you know, I have been basically loaned a team of of member service representatives, um and I'm I'm leading a call study. So you know, it's kind of like uh you know it's a temporary team, granted, but it's it's you know there is there is that I mean these, these things do kind of come up and. There are opportunities to um, to kind of exercise that sense of leadership, but the other thing I think the, the broader the broader thing that, that I would maybe the more pertinent aspect of the leadership is I think um, you know kind of you know once I transition as part of the transition process there is kind of like a sense of okay, I was a leader and now I'm not and and you know kind of what that feels like and almost it almost feels like a little bit of a step down in a sense, um, but then you know, I think I think over time like I've realized like there there are a lot of leaders here who actually you know don't have the same technical knowledge that, that I'm developing. And um, I think that, that in a sense can put them at a disadvantage, you know, as, you know, especially with respect to just understanding the data environment here, um, you know, is, is one really good example. I mean, coding aside, all of that aside, just understanding kind of what's in the data environment and where it is and what the limitations are and what the capabilities are. Like, you're not gonna get that kind of knowledge unless you're an analyst first. And, and I think, um, you know, by continuing to bring value to the organization as i think i've done um you know i, I do envision a future where i i am in the, those leadership positions and i think i will be that much better off for having developed you know the, this these more um you know technical foundations so i think that that's the bigger thing is i think you know there, that yes there are some instances of leadership now that i think that i think uh, exist, but i think over the a longer time horizon you know, in terms of the the more direct leadership, you know, the, you know, conventional thought of leadership of having a team under you, I think I'll be much better prepared
0: um, for for when that does happen. Yeah, so this leads uh, leads to leading bigger projects, leading other data analysts, and you can't go into those leadership roles until you have the background of being in the role and understanding the data analytics, where to get the data, and what's doing. But I did hear in the beginning, you do you do um, analyze and have some code and in and, and doing some of that crunching numbers for lack of a better word but you also said you do analysis and insights mm-hmm. and then you take that and present that mm-hmm. i hear that mm-hmm. from client companies all the time of why the jmo okay why don't they just go get somebody the masters of data analytics because of the ability of military officers to okay this is what the data is it's not even just what, hey, I'm going to take the initiative to go find the data. That's one mm-hmm. that not all people have. Everybody, A lot of people can take data that's given to them right. and, and analyze it. But how, what about the initiative to go find it? Like you said, go on a hunting trip. We're going to go yeah. hunting for this. Take the initiative. Now, the next part where leadership comes in is good military officers can say, wait, there's, what's happening here? Why is this happening? What could we do about it? That's leadership. And then be able to effectively communicate that to, I imagine you're sometimes presenting this to people two to three levels above your your level of, of position at USAA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty common, but that's the leadership. You have to think about leadership in a different way right? Um, than just, hey, I'm leading a team of people or I'm leading some big project. But leadership is about taking initiative, solving problems, and influencing people which sounds like you are doing currently and that will lead to bigger primary leadership responsibilities in the future yeah absolutely yeah i i, I yeah i think
1: that that you said more succinctly i think what i was trying to say right. so yeah 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 i think that's
0: definitely all of that's definitely true um well let's go well, just a couple more questions because you've been so generous with your time this morning Sure. Yeah. tell me about the nuclear power transition like how So many, I think that nuclear power officers specifically um, sometimes wonder, what do I do when I go to the business world? Because they think, well, I've got this nuclear training background and they may think, well, I need to go to MBA school in order to step Mm. out of this, or I need to stay in the nuclear track. And you know it better than I do, but what would you say to the nuclear power people that are out there thinking about a transition, about the options that are out there for them?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I mean, certainly... You know, that you know, I think I think going to get an MBA or something like that's definitely not a bad thing to do. I mean that's what I did myself. But I but I do feel like just the experiences I had and, and whatnot um as as part of the military experience was was really what what made me you know eligible for a lot of the different um jobs I interviewed for. And I mean, I think I interviewed for for all the different kinds of jobs that, you know, um were were possible to interview for, being sales, engineering, business analysis and then kind of just the team leadership uh and consulting, I guess as well. Um so I think I mean you know there there are different parts of my career that I think maybe made me eligible for that. I think a lot of it was obviously the the uh, experience on the submarines. Some of it was um, you know my my time on on shore duty as an instructor. Um, but, but I think, you know, you know, this is maybe especially true for the, in terms of how the submarine background translated, uh, maybe we'll just focus kind of on the business analyst part of it, since that's kind of what I'm, what I ended up doing. Um, you know, I think two things that kind of come to mind there, you know, one is the technical aptitude piece, um, because, you know, as I've just kind of been describing, I mean, that the, the business analyst job is, is, can definitely be a technical one. And I think the, the more technical skills you have, the more value you can add and um, and it, and it you know obviously this is not we're not applying the same technical skills that you know we developed in nuke school and, and on the boat and and all of that um but I think it's more about the means by which we, we got those technical skills, like you know you know initially in nuke school it's it's um you know it's it's very fast but it's more or less boon fed um you know this is you know, the material, study the material, take the test uh, but you kind of progressively get away from that as your career goes on i mean when you're on the boat. You know, it's, it's, uh, here's your qual binder, you know, here's your qual card, go, go get it done, right? And you're, you're, you have to be a bit more scrappy. And I think, um, you know, that's something that I think has served me really well here, just in terms of, you know, kind of like you were mentioning, Joel, just, um, going out and being scrappy, taking initiative, just figuring it out, learning to code. I mean, there was no like major classes on these things. It was just kind of figuring it out as I go. Um, figuring out the data environment, figuring out all, you know, the, the various technical skills that help me do my job. So I think that technical aptitude and, and the scrappiness that, that comes a- along with, with getting that aptitude as part of the, the nuclear um, officer experience, if you will, I think, um, you know, it serves, it serves me well in this role. And I, and I think, you know, that would have carried through to, to any other role that I was interviewing for. Um, and then the other one, you know, that kind of comes to mind is, is attention to detail and just kind of having a sense of rigor uh, around the work. Um, that i'm doing i think this is you know uh you know maybe maybe i had this um uh, before i was a nuclear power officer and and or maybe it was developed i don't really know which kind of came first but i think certainly it's it's something that you know the you know as part of the job you know you're you, this is a skill you're refining um just, just being very detail-oriented analytically thinking i mean if you just think of something like um you know you know taking over on a duty day and the uh, you know um, you know in, in uh, maneuvering mm-hmm. or something and and um you know in a, in a uh, shipyard environment or heavy maintenance environment and just all the things you know going on there and improving tag outs right like you have to obviously kind of um be thinking very critically and and being you know uh, just having a high sense of rigor and attention to detail i think all of those things translate really well uh into this job as well um because you know it's it, oftentimes you know the real truth of something is a couple of layers down uh in the data and and it and it does take kind of that, that questioning attitude and that sense of rigor to, to get to that um, again i think that that's something that could have applied to to any you know any of the jobs that i was um you know inter- being interviewed for but i think those two come to mind in in this role in particular that i think um in terms of the military experience and kind of what uh, skills I, I gained and refined there, how how they translate to my current role. Um,
0: yeah. One last question to wrap up. What would your advice be to military officers that are listening to this considering the transition?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, I think if you can kind of maybe identify the area you want to go into and then start to um, develop some of those skills, you know, like, for example, if I, kind of um you know would have known that that maybe business analysis was gonna be the route I was gonna go um maybe thinking about learning some coding um you know and and just getting more familiar with those programs um i think I think that that would have been a you know a good thing to do just just kind of seeing you know what are what are some of the things I will need to do you know I might need to do in those jobs and and just trying to get those skills um you know before you find yourself in that position um You know, so that's, that's maybe one thing. Obviously, that's a difficult thing to do because you don't know what you don't know. And you don't, I mean, in a lot of it, in a lot of cases, I think you don't necessarily know what you want to do until you're maybe, you're at the conference and you're kind of learning more about the companies in the career fields. But I think to the max extent you can do that, um, that, that, that's certainly a good thing to do. And then, of course, you know, preparation, you know, uh, preparing sooner rather than later. I think one Mm -hmm. of the, the things, you know, that, that, that I maybe could have done a little bit better as I, you know, over the, you know, two, three years that I was, um, preparing for the transition, I focused a lot on my, my MBA, getting that done. And I kind of left like, you know, maybe four to five months, if, if that, right, of, of, you know, time that I was dedicating, you know, to focus more on interviews and things like that. And I think I probably could have maybe left myself a little bit more time to, to just, uh, you know, it just took more time than I thought to do that. And do it well. Um, I think I probably could have, you know, it's one of the things I think you probably could almost never spend too much time on. So, um, you know, I think that that maybe my two two nuggets of advice.
0: Uh very good. Well, you did uh, just did great sharing your story today, uh, Jason. Sincerely appreciate that, and thank you for being a guest on on our podcast. And yeah, maybe we'll have to have you back in a year after you get a little bit further in your data <laughs> analytics and get bigger projects at, at USA because this data analytics piece is just going to keep changing and get bigger and bigger and more important.
1: Yeah. Sounds good. I think so. I think it's definitely the case.
0: Uh, do you have one last thing, any place that people could go read up a little bit on the basics of data analytics?
1: Um, I mean, nothing, no no one particular thing comes to mind. Um, You know, well, I, I will say, you know, it, it, I mean, this isn't like necessarily reading up on the basics, but in terms of, um, if you wanted to kind of maybe get some of these skills in a, in a maybe semi-low overhead low time investment way um coursera is is kind of one good resource where you can um i actually did this in preparation for my master's program i took a, a course on python coding python a programming language and um, you know, it's, it's you know, it's, it's these are actually pretty good courses taught by um, university, you know, pretty, you know, um, respected universities. And it's, it's all online and it's pretty um, compartmentalized. So, you know, you can just do certain segments. And I think that's a good way if you want to, um, you know, it, it, again, it's more than just casual reading. It's, you know, it, it is kind of um, a little bit of an investment. It does cost some money, but it, it's a good way to, um, you know, get, get actual skills. And in some cases, like, you know, um, you know, these are like Certificates and whatnot you can you can maybe put on your resume um, Potentially and I think it's a, it's a good way to maybe get some of these um, more technical skills. Yeah that, that would maybe be, You know for that. Yeah, very, advice.
0: very good. Thanks Jason by by the way for those that are in the Cameron Brooks program tab three and in our development preparation program has a section on data analytics and a bunch of blog posts and things like that that you can go read um, more on the topic and no matter what career field you go into, I highly recommend being aware of it. But anyway, Jason, thank you so much for being a guest and we'll have to have you back on soon. Of course, if you ever come over to Fredericksburg, uh, just an hour away, let us know. We'd love to have you come visit the office, stop by for a cup of coffee, whatever it may be, but stay in touch, okay?
1: All right, sounds good. Thanks, Joel.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of the Cameron Brooks Podcast. I hope you learned as much as I did. Uh, Visit our website at Cameron-Brooks.com. Go to the area where we have our podcast. Look for episode 84. I've got some links in there uh, that will provide some more background and knowledge that you can gather on data analytics, Uh, plus a little bit of a bio. You can click on Jason's bio to look at his LinkedIn profile as well. Of course, if you want to know more about Cameron Brooks, uh, visit our, the website, uh Get our book, uh, PCS to Corporate America, off of Amazon. Um, you can always sign up for a webcast uh, to watch recorded or live through our website. And, of course, if you want to know your fit in business or uh, where if you might fit for uh, data analytics, sign up for a personal marketability assessment. Thanks for listening.